Welcome to the new School of Success. I'm Nick Maytash. And I'm Julian Rosen, and we are here to flip the game of success on its head. No more hustle, no more grind. Just the tried and true principles to help you win at life on your own terms. Class is in session. All right, beautiful people, and I'm talking to you. Yeah, you. The one who you think, he can't be talking to me. I'm not beautiful. Yeah, we are talking to you because you are beautiful. I don't want to isolate any of my listeners. This is Julian. Who's that on the other end of the mic? That is... This is Nicholas Maytash. Hello, everyone. Thank you for inviting me to the conversation, sir. And this is the new school of success where Nick and I, two relatively successful gentlemen on our own terms, I may add, we've stumbled upon certain truths, certain systems and techniques and tools and shifts that really have allowed us to reclaim control of our lives, but live with a sense of freedom and fulfillment. And here's the thing, the reason why we're here and the reason why we're so passionate about giving this information to you is a lot of the stuff that works, it's a little bit counterintuitive based on what we've been taught growing up. So that's why we call it the new school of success. That's why Nick is so handsome and so happy and so ready to share this with you and why I'm so excited. That's why I'm so excited to be here too. So everything we're going to give you today, it's going to ignite a new way of thinking, a new way of acting, a new way of living, also that you can build success on your own terms. Does that sound good, everybody? Does that sound good, Nick? I mean, everything that you just said sounds fantastic. So I'd love to know what, what else we have planned for the day. Mm, mm, mm. So today, we're going to talk about living in survival mode. And you, the listener, the beautiful listener I, I called out earlier directly, you may not even know what the heck we're talking about. But we're going to talk about what living in survival mode is, why it is such a problem, how to know if you're living in it, because I'm going to bet that there's millions of people that just in the US and abroad that are living in survival mode that just have no clue. They just normalize it. So we're going to give you the tools to identify if it's happening to you. We're going to let you know why you owe it to yourself to get out of survival mode. And then at the end, you bet your tuchus, we're going to show you how to get out of survival mode. Because I mean, every client I've ever worked with, they're living in this in some way, shape or form. I've been in this state. Um, and Nick, have you ever lived in survival mode? I sure have. And I would venture to say, and I, I would guess that you'd agree, but you could definitely tell me I'm full of crap, mm-hmm. that that existence in survival mode was kind of the, the spark that led us to where we are now, where we've created these lives of relative success, lives that we enjoy, lives that we wake up and have control over and emotional connection to. It was the contrast to that. It was the survival that we were living in that we were like, we need to get out of this. We need to stop waking up exhausted. We need to stop feeling like we don't have control. We need to stop X, Y, and Z. So we found different ways. We had a conscious choice. We made a conscious choice and you know, now we are where we are. And now we get to give these gifts to these people on the new school of success. So we definitely have experienced this survival mode. Um, it's just a matter of at some point we both woke up to the fact that it's either we run this on repeat until we croak or we make a decision to, to do something different. And what I do want to say before we get into kind of the, I don't want to say, I'm going to say scary part of survival mode is it's called survival mode for a reason. Like one, you're surviving. Like you are trying to just live day to day. It's very, um, 
24 hours based. Like there's no grand scope of things. You're just waking up trying to get through the day. But in terms of like what you can look at and say like, all right, well, there's a little bit of good here is we're trying to survive. Like that's a human trait that we all share. So you wake up and you try to survive. But if you're in survival mode, you're likely trying to simply get by with whatever you see in front of you rather than create something that's bigger, better, bolder, more full. And what we want to do for you today is help you find those symptoms, help you understand if you're there or not, which I mean, there's a large proportion of us that are and how the heck to get out of here. So what are some symptoms that you've seen in your clients and yourself when you've found yourself there? Like what are those things that look like survival mode to you? Yes. First and foremost, survival mode is not very fun, right? Like that's a big key giveaway. Like it's not a blast. There's a, not a lot of joy in living in survival mode. And, and what I mean by that is it feels like life is happening at you. A lot of the undesirable aspects of life seem to be playing on repeat, mm-hmm. um, whether they be stress, anxiety, limitation, obstacles, finding yourself running up against the same old limitations over and over. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of repetition in survival mode and it's not the good kind. Um, and what I had said earlier was it feels like life is happening at you. Like you are on the defensive, like you wake up in the morning and it's like, ah, shit, what is life going to throw at me today? And just, and it's this, basically it's this not, it's this 24 hour, hour cycle of like Nick said, being on the defensive and it's very stressful that way. Um, you're very reactive meaning you don't feel a really powerful sense of control. And yeah, like you're stressed. There may be breaks in the stress where you create distraction um, or you numb it or whatever, but there's, there's, life feels more of an obligation than an opportunity. That's that, those are some of the, I would say like the, when you open your eyes and you're like, oh, like that, 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 that may be happening to me. Those are some, some tells that survival mode is happening. Now, physiologically with your own body, some of the symptoms would be, okay, yeah, I'm stressed a lot. I am pretty burnt out, meaning, you know, I never feel really rested. I never feel truly recovered. I always feel a little like there's barely anything left in the tank. Um, sleep quality is not very good. You know you're in survival mode if you are just consuming stimulus like crazy. Meaning, again, like the first thing in the day that you're doing is checking social media or checking email or checking scores or checking BuzzFeed or checking whatever, right? Like being, consuming stimulus and, and, and not, uh, when your body and mind give you a lot of resistance to you just being in the moment and you being by yourself and you being in silence, like a lot of people in survival mode, their brain hates that. So they will subconsciously and unconsciously crave stimulus. They don't like to be alone with their thoughts. So that, that again is another tell that you may be living in survival mode. So Nick, with you, whether you are in that state or with your clients that you see now, like I'm sure there's some overlap in terms of the symptoms you've seen, but for you, what, what are some of the commonalities of people experiencing survival mode, living in survival mode um, that you've seen? Well, uh, the way that I'll start talking about that is something that you said was survival survival mode in itself is not fun. It's, it feels like the obligation versus the opportunity. You wake up and it's just like, ugh, you know? 
in terms of finding fun, if you are in survival mode, what likely is happening if you, anytime you experience something that you enjoy, it's often something that allows you to escape from your life, right? Instant gratification. It, it, is, <clears throat> it is something like scrolling social media for a half hour and that feels relaxing to you because it doesn't require you to, to engage with the world that you don't really enjoy. We're going on a, a week-long vacation, although we all enjoy vacation. I love if, vacation. If you can't imagine you know, coming back from vacation, if you dread coming back to your life after vacation is over, that's likely that you're living in survival mode. If you're counting down every second of every day until the weekend, you're likely living in survival mode. So that's kind of the symptoms that I see as well. And, yeah. and that's kind of the, the way that I, I come at that is trying to create a life that we don't need to escape from and trying to embrace what is good about our life and what we can be grateful for and, and what uh, emotionally we can connect with within our day um, so that we don't feel like we have to escape and run away and, and, and get out of here. Um, I, I think just that notion in itself of, of if you're in survival mode, it's probably not fun. If the only fun you find is when you run away from your life and, and really check out, that's one key indicator. And it's important that um, you know, we, we come back to something where we don't want to escape from it. And another thing too is it might feel like if you're in survival mode, if you're in this mode of operation where it's just constant stimulus and constant engaging with the circumstances around you and saying, this is what it is. This is my life. I just have to keep on going, keep on going. Since we call it survival mode, if we stop doing these things, which we're going to offer to you as your solution is really kind of stepping outside of this this um, hamster wheel, if you will, mm -hmm. the idea of moving away from that and, and stopping some of that would feel like the opposite of survival. It would feel like I'm going to, you know, possibly run the risk of letting my life crash down because I've stopped doing what has allowed me to keep going. And it seems counterintuitive, but what's going to require you to exit survival mode in, in, in a, a, a state that, that feels like you don't have to escape from it is to exit some of the things that you've constantly been engaging with and, and find different ways to live your life and, and start your day and do different things for yourself mm -hmm. so that you don't look at your life as that obligation and, and dread every morning and every Monday and everything uh, along those lines that I'm sure everybody's had an experience with. It's a matter of stepping away from some of the things that kind of keep you addicted to the drug of survival mode. You know what I mean? Yes, 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 yes. And so we're going to talk about how to get out of it. And, but first I want to let you know why it's such a problem because I, I just, I find that, and this is how I learn. If someone tells me to do something, I'm like, okay, I get it. But if someone tells me why, if they give me the method behind the madness, they tell me what's going on in my own human blueprint, I'll buy in a thousand times more passionately. So I want to let you guys know, Hey, if you're in survival mode, you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. It's like, let's blame society. Society, come on. This one's on you. Like, we've just normalized a certain pace of life. We've normalized a certain amount of stimulus. We've normalized this as a society. So if you find yourself in survival mode, hey, tap yourself on the back. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. We've all been there. And it's kind of how we were taught. So we're going to teach you something new. But really quickly, I want to light a fire under your ass and let you know when we're in survival mode, we are killing ourselves. It's kind of ironic because our 
body and mind think that we are surviving. But if you zoom out big picture, we are limiting our life. We're actually, we're doing damage. It's kind of like smoking cigs. We are, we are doing damage that will not manifest itself for years down the road, but we are really roughing ourselves up right now. And so really we've all heard about the stress hormone cortisol and why it's so bad, but yeah, we're going to talk about why it's so bad because when we are living this reactive lifestyle, when we are living as if life is this threat happening at us and we have to constantly be on high alert against the possible threat that is life, um, yeah, our mind and body are running on hormones and neurochemicals that are not fun. Like chronically elevated stress hormones and stress neurotransmitters, A, we're going to be stressed a lot. B, when cortisol is chronically elevated, there's a all of the feel-good hormones, all of the feel-good neurochemicals, they kind of take a dive. They're inversely correlated to cortisol. So when cortisol is up, its opposite homies go away. So all of the hormones like serotonin, oxytocin, GABA, like your mind and body's natural feel-good hormones, the ones that help you show up with positivity, help you show up with clarity, help you show up with boldness, help you show up with appreciation and connection, they all take a backseat to cortisol. So a lot of people, they're like, I am burnt out. I feel scattered. I feel, I feel stressed. What the heck's going on? Well, yeah. We can't outrun our hormones. We can't outrun our neurochemistry. So, and that's what's going on internally. On the outside, we feel stressed, scattered, tired, like kind of like a worn out version of ourselves. And, And just to, again, light the fire under you, chronically elevated levels of cortisol have been directly and strongly and really powerfully linked to inflammation in the body, to lower immune system, higher likelihood of cancer. Um, Literally, it prematurely ages your brain cells. So it makes us dumber faster. And some of that damage is irreplaceable. So living in survival mode, it's doing a lot of internal damage that will really negatively impact us down the line as far as our wellness, our health, both physical, mental, and emotional. We're really setting ourselves up for a not fun life down the line. So anybody experiencing survival mode, if the fire wasn't lit under you to get out yet, I hope what I just said kind of scares you into being like, okay, I'm going to get the heck out of here. But also in terms of creating a life that you passionately love, it's really hard to do that when living in survival mode. Do you know what I mean, Nick? Uh, Yeah. I do. Why do you think it's so hard? Well, I think it's hard because when you are trying to survive, you are just trying to weather the storm. You are trying to, to get through and get by. And on the opposite of that, creating something in your life, whether it be a business or a relationship or creating a better body for yourself, all creation um, is you can't create and be stressed at the same time. Now, there are positive so there's distress and eustress, right? Distress is when you're stressing yourself out. That's the cortisol and everything like that. Like there is positive stress. And I'm saying this with quotations because somebody's going to take this and say, it's great to be stressed out. No, it's good to have something that is a bit of a fire under your ass that makes you move and create, but being chronically stressed is no good. So please don't confuse the two. Yeah. But you can't create and be chronically stressed at the same time. So when you're living in survival mode, you, you're saying to yourself, that I want uh, you know, to create a business that I, I believe in. I want to 
lose 20 pounds. I want to find my soulmate. All of these things, they require you to step out of survival mode. You can't do them at the same time. I think um, Tony Robbins is famous for saying you can't be grateful and fearful at the same time. Like they don't live in the same place. Similar to, to that is the idea of survival mode and creation mode, creating something bigger, better, and so on. And also creating something requires you to be in control. You have to have a stake in that. You have to be able to understand and believe and know that you have a say in what happens. When you're in survival mode, you're looking out at the world and just allowing it to do itself to you. And you're just kind of taking it and trying to do whatever you can with that. So it's a matter of if, if that's what you want, if you want to create something that's bigger, better, bolder, and more full for yourself, which I would assume if you're listening to the new school of success, Heck yeah. that's something you're interested in. Survival mm-hmm. mode, obviously, um, like Julian just described, is not healthy for you, but it also is directly in, it's, it's an obstacle to what you want. So you have to find ways to check out of that and, and purposefully move away from that. Like something that came to mind while Julian was speaking is survival mode is, is kind of like if we had a cigarette named survival six, like it's, it's this thing that we just assume is fine. And it's, it's something that everybody else is doing around us. So we just keep lighting up. We keep going for it. We keep waking up in stress. We keep, you know, trying to check our, our boxes on the to-do list, thinking that's what we're supposed to do. And frankly, what we're trying to get you towards in moving out of survival mode is stop worrying about what you're supposed to do. And again, this is air quotes. I'm doing a terrible job since this is audio. They can't see you, Nick. They can't see the air quotes. (laughs) But whatever you're supposed to do uh, doesn't necessarily mean it's what you desire to do, what what you want to do. And to move out of survival mode, you have to start to pause and think about what do I want? Mm -hmm. Not what do I need to do? What does... What do, does my culture say that I need to do? What do I, all of the, the X's and O's that everybody has lined up to them as they approach and move into adulthood, what are the things that we suppo- are supposed to do? Step away from, from them for a moment and consider the question, what do I want to do? And from that place, put in some of the tactics that we're, we're going to get into momentarily about how to move away from survival mode. Because again, mm-hmm. you can't create and survive at the yeah. same time. You got yeah. to pick one. You can't stay on the fence between them. Yeah. It's like smiling and frowning at the same time. You just, you can't. You can try, but you're going to look, no one's going to want to be your friend and sit near you on the bus. So here's one thing I'll say, because we're going to talk about getting out of survival mode. And a lot of you listening have probably been like, you know what, Nick and Julian, like, yeah, I get it. I've been in this place for a while and I've actually tried. I've tried to get out, but I, it's hard. Does that make me suck? Does that make me weak? Does that mean it's not for me? And here's the thing. Your mind, and this will be a recurring theme over and over and over again, your mind looks at the change you want to create as a threat. It doesn't matter if it's good change. It doesn't matter if it's high five change wrapped in $500 bills with cherries on top, right? If it looks different than your current reality, your brain will resist it. So right now you're in survival mode. Not a bit. Yeah. Right now you're in survival mode. You're on, you're on this cycle of starting and stopping. You're on the cycle of beating yourself up. You're on this cycle of living reactively, always being burnt out. And again, maybe you're like, yeah, I get it. I don't want to be here anymore. So we're, hearing, we're, we're here to let you know that as you create these changes, as you start to use some of the things that we're going to tell you about today, yeah, your, your, your mind and body are going to be like, eh, why don't we skip this? Why don't we get out of here? Why don't we go back to survival mode? 
right? Because even if it's slowly killing you, even if it's, it's trapping all your potential because all of your energy and all of your awareness and all of your intention is just being used to simply survive, even though you are guaranteeing you stay stuck, your mind and body are like, yeah, but we got used to it. So let's go back, right? Like that's our homeostasis. And so to you, I just want to let you know, like, we are proud of you for, for deciding to go on this journey because yeah, your mind and body for a little bit are going to tell you that it's, it's, it's a little scarier than it actually is. And so that's the disclaimer. That's the disclaimer. The stuff we're going to tell you about, it's probably stuff you already know works. It's probably stuff you already know is healthy and happy and productive. So we're not going to blow your minds with anything new, but we are going to add that disclaimer that, yeah, even if it's good for you, even if it's going to catapult you to a more aligned, happy, fulfilling, successful version of life, your mind and body are going to drag their feet a little bit. That's okay. Expect that. It's a sign you're going in the right direction. Yes. Armor up. Right? Armor Armor up. up. It's going to, it's not that it has to be a hard, not that it has to be this, it it shouldn't compound your stress by trying to escape said stressful state, but just be aware that your body, your mind is programmed to stay as is. So anything that that makes an attempt at changing that, albeit amazing, positive, uh, expansive change, it's going to kind of throw up some red flags some stop signs and say, whoa, 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 whoa. That dejected, stressful, you know, very um, just going through the motions guy, girl, you were good at that. So stay doing that. And you can see that as a thought and know that you are not your thoughts. Dismiss said thought and continue on. Like Julian said, and we've said in previous episodes, like that that sign that you experience as you start to leave what's familiar to you is not a sign to retreat, but a sign to carry on because that is the signal yes. you are growing, expanding and, and oh my gosh, helping yeah. capacity. What you so, just got from Nick, there are people that are investing thousands of dollars to get that kind of coaching. And Nick just gave it to you for free as he sips his coffee. Oh my gosh. Sorry. Didn't mean to do a little product plug there, but Nick's a coach and he's a great coach. So anyway, sir, appreciate it. Anyway, yes, all the things we're going to tell you, they're good for you. You probably already know what some of them are and your brain is going to resist them. Anyway, cool. You have the power to override that. No one else but you does, but you just, just, you're really freaking powerful. You can do it. So, and I'll give you a personal story. Meditation. Meditation at this point has been scientifically validated just exercise at this point in terms of creating powerful shifts with your mind, with your body, with your hormones, with your neurochemistry to make you happier, to make you more positive, to make you healthier, to give you more energy, to give you more clarity. Like if there was a super drug out there, meditation would be up there on that list. So, but I'll give you an example. Like when I started, when I started um, meditating, uh, my brain resisted it a lot. I knew it was good for me. I read all the studies that said it was good for me, yet I would sit there and my brain would just be like, you're wasting your time. This isn't working. You're not good enough. You shouldn't be meditating. Meditation is stupid. Hey, check your phone. Maybe someone texted you. Hey, do this, right? Like that was the noise for a couple weeks. That was just me in a weird way trying to protect me. My brain knew that if I meditated consistently, my life would change powerfully. And it didn't want that. So for like, it just, my mind and body dragged their feet for a little bit, but I persisted. I exercised my personal power to choose to meditate, even though my brain was like, it's stupid, go back to bed. It's stupid, check your phone. And eventually that voice subsided. And now like 
man, every morning I meditate, I feel like I'm freaking flying. Like most mornings, some days my brain still says this is stupid. Go back to bed. But like, it is literally my favorite part of the day. So just to let you know, like everybody, when they're creating transition, when they're creating transformation, their brain's going to tell them it's stupid. It's a waste of time, whatever. So I'm not saying that it's a guarantee for you, but if you experience a little bit of that, Hey, congratulations again. Welcome to the club of being human. So we're going to go over some surefire ways to powerfully pull you out of survival mode so that you can thrive. You can create, you can actually use your time and energy, not to just endure this endless juggling act of life, but to actually put the balls down and say, I don't even like freaking juggling. I want to go do this, right? Like we're going to give you that type of clarity, that type of energy, that type of additional hands on deck energy. So you can start creating life on your own terms. So I would say one of the biggest shifts to get you out of survival mode quickly is how you wake up and how you start your day. Because, and this is science, this isn't just Nick and I talking about personal experience, even though we both experienced this. When you start your day, when, when, when you wake up and just roll into your day, when you wake up and just your day starts happening at you, your brain says, okay, we need to prepare ourselves because life is happening at us. Hey, cue the adrenaline, cue the cortisol, cue the, um, this, this inner critic that can help us detect threats faster. Cue this part of our brain that can cue on what is wrong versus what is right, right? Like your brain literally shifts into this, this critical, defensive, overprotective, stressed out version of you and how you start the day will roll into the rest of the day. So just by getting up earlier, just by giving yourself a window where you can start the day proactively, where you can start the day, you can exhale and you can, and you can, instead of rushing through your day, just, just take a look around, pet your dog, look out the window, brew some coffee, right? Like just a couple of minutes of breathing room before you jump into the stimulus, before you jump into your to-do list, before you jump into all of the, the old roles that you think you have to play, just by introducing a little bit of space in the morning, that changes the game. What do you think about that, Nick? I would have to agree, uh, Julian. I think it's, <clears throat> I think it's really important to, to note. You already said this. Like these are things that you've heard of. Like if you've read a book or listened to a podcast before, you've definitely heard people say, "Have a morning routine," and it's a powerful, powerful practice because you are are showing to yourself that you're committing time for you before you give time, space, energy to other people. And when you do give yourself that breathing room, that meditation to, to separate yourself and to, to Julian's point before about his experience with meditation, I had the same thing happen to me. And I'm, I'm sure anybody that's new to meditation will have that resistance because what meditation literally does is it allows you to check out from reality. You close your eyes, you put some earbuds in your ear and you listen either to a guided meditation or unguided sound. And it allows you to remove yourself from your circumstances. Your survival mode wants you to stay enhanced and em embracing that, uh, the circumstance that maybe you don't like so much so that you can continue to run through the motions. So the reason that meditation is, is tricky like that is because your brain understands that you're checking out so that you can imagine something bigger and bolder, or you can just remove some of that stress from your life. Because as you meditate scientifically, it allows your body to just unwind a little bit when you check into it um, over time. So like, I've had that experience. Julian's obviously had that experience, but it does give you an opportunity to check out and just take 
take some inventory of your life and just allow your thoughts to pass by rather than engaging. When you wake up ready to go to battle, because that's what your, your brain is doing. You're going to battle. If you don't wake up with a little more intention, it's just, it rises all of those stress chemicals to the top so that you can go out and fight. But if you wake up instead, and, and Brene Brown said this in, in, I believe, Daring Greatly, and it just, it hit me square in the face, which was, she said, as soon as you wake up, what is the first thought that comes to your mind? And usually, especially if you're uh, maybe a parent with a small child, maybe you didn't sleep very well because they were tossing and turning, or maybe you were stressed out, so you didn't sleep very well. But so many of us wake up and immediately go to the amount of sleep that we didn't get, or the money that we don't have in our bank account, or the very long to-do list that we wrote out in the beginning of the week that we're not even close to being finished. We start by triggering our attention towards things that stress us out or things that we want to change, even though we can't, like your sleeping situation. And if you do that, if you immediately wake up and think about the lack in your life, the things that you don't have but wish you had, instead of just... Scarcity, scarcity, scarcity. Scarcity, scarcity. It just, the scarcity will only allow the survival mode to to lock itself in because scarcity just allows you to continue to chase something that's, that's... not necessarily the thing you need to chase, but you chase something and you get on the, yes. the hamster wheel and you continue and continue. Yeah. Yeah. And if, and if you didn't yet listen to our episode, the law of attraction for normal people, you gotta listen to it right after this, because the creative power of the mind is another thing that no one ever teaches us. But what we, if you can think of your, if you can think of your attention and your focus and your thoughts and your energy and your expectations as nutrients in water and you can think of the version of life you're living as various plants right so there's a happy successful plant there's a stressed out scattered scarcity plant there's a plant where you are a salsa dancer right like they're like plants are just very different realities that we can create and experience whichever plant you nourish the most right with the water with the nutrients that's the plant that's going to grow and come to life meaning that's the version of life that you will find yourself in so when you're waking up and yeah, your first thought is about the, the, the sleep you didn't get or the validation you didn't get because of an argument or the money you don't have or the time you don't have or the love you don't have, right? Like if we just keep watering the plant of scarcity and lack, because it's funny, we're taught that the only way to solve a problem is to focus on it, right? Like you've got to focus on the problem or else, or else it's going to sneak up on you. Like when we are just breathing life into lack, when we are just nourishing the plant and watering the plant of scarcity, like so many people are like, why does this keep happening? And it's because we wake up on autopilot and our thoughts on autopilot nourish the same version of reality on autopilot. And what do you think we create on autopilot? That version of reality that we don't want. So you're absolutely right, Nicholas. Hey, absolutely right. I mean, the energy that you bring to anything will be the experience that you get. So if your energy when you wake up is scarcity and frustration and I wish I had more of this, yeah, you're going to continue to find evidence of the things that you keep focusing on, which will then just continue the cycle the next morning and you're going to yeah. be thinking about something else that you don't have. Yeah. So yeah. when you wake up, pick. this is something that I personally do for myself. I won't get out of bed until I think of three things that I'm grateful for. And it's something that in the beginning of it, like my mind does subconsciously go to some of those things that we just mentioned. 
because that's kind of how I've been wired and how I've been conditioned. So I am actively waking up, even if I have to pee really, really badly. I'm like, all right, what am I grateful for? I'm grateful for my wife and, and why also. It's not just because she's laying next to me and that's wonderful. I, I'm grateful for my wife because of all of the positive change I've experienced since I've met her. Like giving yourself that kind of that dose of what's good in your life before you hop out of bed and then leaning into some kind of morning routine with meditation, a little bit of exercise, a little bit of movement, get the blood flowing. It's just, it sets the tone for your day. And as you set the tone for your day and build that on the foundation of, I took time for myself. Now, as I go out into the world and I, I spend time with my family or I go to my business and I try to help my clients or my, my employees, you are already taken care of. So when you give to other people, you're giving you know, your all, not from a place of an empty all, not, a, not from a place of a frustrated person who is just you know, really stressed out about their own life, but you're coming from a place of someone that's taken care of themselves already. And it's a beautiful thing to give to other people and to yourself. So starting there, I think is bare bones. Mm -hmm. what, what else in, in your opinion, yeah. Sir Julian, uh, yes. is a tactic to get yourself out of survival mode? You will start to refer to me as King Julian. That's, that's, that's going to be my, oh, if anyone's ever seen Madagascar, King Julian is RIP Robin Williams. And it is, he's just, he's my alter ego. He's my spirit animal. He's a lemur, lemur king. So anyway, back to, back to this. So again, like he said, meditation is that thing that pulls you out of this survival-based reality and allows you to just be okay, right? Like when I meditate, I meditate on sufficiency. If I'm here, if I'm living, if I'm breathing, it doesn't matter what I've dealt with in my life. It doesn't matter what I have or don't have. If I'm here breathing, living, I've had just the right amount at just the right time to keep moving forward, right? Like if you're here listening to this, like I don't care what you have, I don't care what you don't have. If you're here listening to this, every moment of your life up until right now, you have been supported in just the right amount to keep being you. Think about that. Meditate about that. Put that blanket on in the morning. So, but yeah, so meditating and gratitude journaling are just very, very simple, low-hanging fruit. Like there are so many free apps that you can download right here, right now. All you really, like you just need a notebook. That's not even an app. That's just pen and paper. But like to write down three things you're grateful for and just think about them. Not like you're checking them off a list, but like, yeah, what are you grateful for and why? Like, did you have an amazing meal with your loved one the other day? Uh, did you have a great workout? Um, is your bed comfortable? Do you have running water? Because fuck, billions of people don't, right? Like there's right. so many things that you, if you go down that gratitude rabbit hole deep enough, like just give your brain that, that dose. So that's one thing. And then another thing I would say is, is fitness. And I'm not saying you have to look a certain way. I'm not saying like there's a right way to look and a wrong way to look. Nick just flexed by the way. Um, is that a bicep? Yeah. Wow. Nick has a bicep. Great. But yeah, fitness is also one of those things that, and I'm not going to go too far down the rabbit hole why it's good because we all know it's good, but it, I don't give a shit how you look in a bathing suit. I'm concerned about your internal state. Fitness is one of those things that physiologically changes your hormonal infrastructure. So that cortisol, it goes down. All that feel-good hormones, the, the serotonin, the oxytocin, the GABA, testosterone, which if you're a guy and a girl, like testosterone leads to better recovery. It leads to better, um, your body's more, more it efficiently uses fat as an energy source more. So you lean out, but your body is more efficient at using energy. So you get an energy surge, you sleep better, you're in a better mood. Like I said, oxytocin rises and that's that hormone that helps strengthen your connections with your loved ones. So you're literally more present and aware with your relationships. Like, Fitness is powerful. 
as far as your brain goes, when we're living in survival mode, we're in this really high theta state. Like we have different states of brain waves, and I'm not going to throw the neurochemistry at you about brain waves, but literally fitness brings our, slows our brain waves down to delta where we can create, where we can be clear, right? Like it literally changes your mind and body in such a powerful way. And yes, getting leaner, getting stronger, looking sweet in a tank top, added peripheral benefits. But fitness is one of those things that will literally change you from the inside out. And when you change your hormones and neurochemistry, you change how you think, you change how you feel. Your thoughts and your feelings determine your behaviors. Your behaviors determine your reality. So by meditating, by waking up a little earlier and journaling, by throwing fitness into the mix three to five times a week, it's not just two guys on a podcast telling you to do things that sound neat at this point. It's things that neurologically, physiologically, spiritually change you and wake you up that elevate your feelings and your thoughts and your behaviors, which elevate the reality that you get to experience on your short time here on earth. So let's get you out of survival mode. How's that sound, Nick? I mean, everything that you just read off is, was fantastic. I, I felt like I should be taking notes. I, here's what I really appreciate by the, uh, uh, the combo of Julian and I is Julian like does really understand and has some expertise in like the science and the, the, the chemicals that are flowing through your body that create these states of survival or creation and so on. And I understand them. I did, I've read about them. I've definitely done my research, but he gets them in a way that he can describe them to other people. So I'm sitting back here like, wow, that's, that's crazy that that happens when I, when I go to the gym and I lift some weights around. And um, it, it, so I, thank you for that. Cause I, oh, yeah. I like, I know served it up all day, like a lunch lady with a big vat of mac and cheese. Like if you want it, I got it. Do you have to wear a hairnet when you're bald? Is that a thing? I wear a beard net. A beard it's, net. It's, it's equally as demoralizing. <laughs> but uh, I mean, as you hear, so what do we rattle off there? We, we talked about morning routine. We talked about meditation. We talked about exercise. So Yeah, we just talked about getting up a little earlier. So it's not the day happening at you, but you have a little breathing room. And also in this morning space, put your phone away. Please, unless you're using an app to meditate, do not text, do not check email, do not check the scores, do not check social media. All of that ignites the stress centers in your brain. There's this little piece called the amygdala, not the Abdullah Ablagada, but the amygdala. And the amygdala is your stress center. And, you know, I love my phone. It allows me to FaceTime with my nieces and my nephews, and it's great. It does not belong in your morning routine. Do not give that stimulus a front row seat to your awareness in the morning. So yeah, waking up a little earlier, cutting out the stimulus and doing some gratitude journaling, writing down three things probably takes 60 seconds. And then, yeah, like there's apps like what insight timer is one that I use. I know calm is another good one um, that are just totally free. You just plug it in, pick one and just go. Um, But yeah, those things in the morning and then, I know Nick's a big morning workout guy. I am like, if you can get it in there, awesome. Like, but, but like, I mean, I personally, I train in the evenings. Like it's kind of like going to the salad bar. Like if you're going, you're good. Like it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like the timing is more, I think personally to, to you. Um, but like, yeah, you know, fitness three to five times a week, I think is huge. And I get it. That's like a whole topic for another time to talk about fitness and training and sets and reps and frequency and intensity and what's the best thing for me. And I get it. And maybe that's another episode. Um, Probably. Hint, hint, wink, wink. I, wink, wink. I, Come I, back I, for more, please. 
Well, you know what? I heard Julian includes customized fitness training programs in all of his life coaching programs because he thinks it's so powerful. So there's that. Wow. Uh, wow. The Fearless Life Project. Um, but there's so much, there's so much there. But but again, the morning routine with the gratitude journaling and the and the meditation, five to ten minutes is all you need to start. And then some kind of fitness regimen three to five times a week. Um, like those, those things alone, if we're talking about getting your sweet ass out of survival mode, those things are the heavy hitters. I truly believe just from anecdotal proof from the clients that I've served, but also just from what I know about how the human body works neurophysiologically, those are the things that create the internal shifts that make life happy on the outside. Correct. And I mean, all of these things, we've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Mm -hmm. You've heard them before. They are super simple. They do not have to be complicated. Please don't make this an 80 step morning routine. Yeah. yeah. Just keep your phone face down. And that might be literally the hardest thing that you do within everything that we've spoke about just because of how addicting it is addicting. We all have become to our phones. And I mean, Julian and I are, are no different. Like we run our business through our phone. Essentially we communicate with our clients. We communicate with people that want to be our clients and so on. Like we're on our phone regularly, but we also know that there is a time and a place to be on it. And it is not as we wake up because that stimulus is the, it's the gateway to survival mode. If you wake up yeah. and immediately go to Facebook or you wake up and immediately respond to someone else's text message or check your email, you are living on someone else's terms because you're waiting for them to give you something that yeah. you could have found yourself by meditating, by doing some gratitude, by doing yeah. all of these things that we're searching for to wake up and start the day with. And yeah. one extra little thing that I will add ooh, ooh, to this ooh, list ooh. of things uh, uh, to, to get yourself out of survival mode, and it's going to sound like something you've heard before, is read a book, listen to mm. a podcast, listen to somebody else's words that have done things that you want to do because you need to introduce new ideas to your brain so that you can remove and kind of swap them out for some of the thoughts, the beliefs that you've been running on autopilot for 20, 30 years or what have you, because frankly, I don't get to where I sit right now. And I'm sure you, you don't either, Julian, just by sitting and contemplating, like we needed new ideas to come into our, oh, yeah. our to, into our spirit and be like, oh, wow, that's different than what I experienced growing up. Or that's different than I was told. And yeah. when we get these new ideas and then we practice them and we see that there's actually some validation for you know, the idea of doing a morning routine or the idea of meditating, taking those ideas and implementing them into your life. These things are, are kind of the building blocks in which you can um, create a life that isn't in survival mode, because it's one thing to check out of some of the habits that we regularly, you know, jump into. <laughs> um, but it's, it's another thing to bring new information into our life so that we can gradually and surely yeah. Place some of the, the things that have become toxic in the way that we think about ourselves, the world around us, and so on. You need some information. Mm -hmm. And there's really no new ideas out there, frankly. Like the stuff that Julian and I really trip out on, Thomas Trower, we are reading a book. The guy wrote it in 1904. It's 2019, people. And <laughs> his, his words are powerful. His ideas are powerful. And they're affecting us here in this moment as we read these things daily. So I promise you there's something out there that's going to yeah. trigger a response that can replace some of the ideas that have really led oh, yeah. you down this path of constant stress and constant just making it through the day. So that's one extra thing that I will add to our list of things mm -hmm. 
that can help you get out of survival. Yeah. Get yourself yeah. some new ideas. New ideas throw monkey wrenches into old systems and old patterns, right? You gotta, you gotta disrupt the old pattern before you carve out a new one. And yeah, reading and introducing new, or, or podcast, listening to. Uh, Listen to our like, voices. Subscribe, leave a sweet review, right? Listening to podcasts, like introducing new ideas is, is throws those wrenches into the old ones. And that is truly the first step in rewiring your mind, um, which is important. So I want to help you do this. I want to help you get out of survival mode. I want to help you identify what part of your life is in survival mode and give you some, some nice actionable steps to get out. So if you want, in the show notes of this episode, we're going to link. I have a free packet. I'm literally, this is something I use with clients. I want you to have it. I have a free uh, getting out of survival mode checklist that you can use again to literally and, and instantly start pulling yourself out to start transitioning your life into a more creative mode of living. That's how you build success on your own terms. So after this episode, after you leave a sweet review uh, and tell 10 of your closest friends and then 10 people that are like medium friends that you, you know, like Gary. From people you graduated from high school with <laughs> maybe some extra like second cousins. Let them yeah, yeah. Tell them to, uh, but yeah, go download this and, and start using it. And then like we said, just a quick recap, waking up a little earlier to create more space gratitude journaling, five to 10 minutes of meditation, um, and throwing some fitness into the mix three to five times a week. I guarantee that if you do those things, shit's going to start changing for you in a really benevolent way. Take it to the bank. What do you say, Nick? Yes. I'm laughing straight to the bank with that, my friend. Um, a little 50 cent line in the middle of, mm. at the end mm. of this podcast, but truly these things, we've said it now about 17 times. It's so simple. It's stuff that you've heard before. Mm -hmm. But hopefully this is the moment, this is the time where you hear it and actually do something about it because we truly like the reason we started this podcast is because we want to help people that are in survival mode. We want to find people that are looking to create more, but just don't know how this episode in itself told you where you're at. It told you, you know, why, what it's doing to you. And we gave you some tactics to move around and move out of that along with this freebie that Julian's offering up at the end of the episode. Ooh. Yeah. Take it all, run with it, implement it. Just like I was saying before with new ideas, bring the, these new ideas into your mind, allow them in, don't reject them based on, a, based on old beliefs or old patterns that say like, all of this is hogwash. Trust in us. We've, we've seen it both with ourselves, with our clients. We've read about it. We've studied it. It works. So do it. It, it works. It works. Last thing, I read this really exciting study that said every time, every time somebody subscribes and leaves us a five-star review, a maimed three-legged puppy finds its forever home and gets adopted. Get so technically by not subscribing and leaving us a review, you're leaving that puppy in the pound. Just wow. don't uh, do that's... that. Right? Like, subscribe, give us a sweet review because that's how other people find us. And the more people that are using this information, the nicer everyone's going to be. And I'm telling you, it'll come back to you. Good people doing good things. It makes the whole world better for you, me and everybody. So, and the puppy that gets adopted. So True. it would mean the world to us if you could like subscribe and yeah, leave a really nice review. Um, go on Nick's Facebook, look at his hair, leave a great review about his hair. He's just a great guy. So that's nice. what I would have to say, especially if, if any of this, you know, if you do identify yourself as like, Oh shit, I am in survival mode. This was really eye opening for me. Please let us know on social media as well. Nick, where can the people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Nick underscore moving past mediocre or on Facebook. Just look up my name. I'm sure you'll be able to find me. 
Julian, how about you? Your your uh, your handles and such. Let us know. Julian underscore fearless life, and Julian's J U L I A N. Not none of this weird e shit. I'm not French. So Julian underscore fearless life, and then yep on Facebook, just search Julian Rosen R O S E N. I'm a bald guy with tattoos. Be my friend, and you're just gonna get more content, more actionable steps, more pictures of my dog. You're going to get so much good stuff by following us. Um, plus you can shout us out. You can tag us if you have questions or if you, if you had any sweet aha moments, we want to know about those too. So we can shout you out. Um, so that's all I have to say about survival mode and this episode. I think that's it for me. What about you, Nicholas? Yeah, I think I'm, uh, I'm ready to close up shop here. Um, so my friends that are in survival mode, if you, can, I, if you can have the courage to identify yourself as someone that is there, because there's going to be a lot of people that listen to this and be like, oh, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, I, I drink coffee all day long and I just, I, I wind down with a glass of wine at night and I'm fine. But if you have the courage to see that within yourself and be like, okay, maybe I should try some of these things because I have been thinking about trying yeah, these things. Try one of them. You don't have to go all in. Shot. Try one. Dabble <laughs> in one of them and then, and then build, right? Like, and do something about it. I, I once talked to this guy and he said, I've read three books on meditation, but I haven't tried it yet. <laughs> I'm like, I'm glad you're studying up. But now let's go implement. So my friends that are identifying as, as someone that is here that needs to try some of these things, do them. And let us know yeah. how they're working out for us, whether you're messaging us on social or reaching out to us via email. Yeah, yeah, Just, yeah. Find us, let us know what's working, what's not working, and please share with your friends. That would be just the most. Yeah, thank you guys. And we would appreciate it. Yep, so catch us next time here on the New School Success. We're gonna just be dropping bombos. See ya. Bombos.